Hey, hey. Hey. Welcome, welcome. Uh, for all the listeners out there, you have tuned in to Creative Conversations. My name is Blair, but my friends call me Brock. And tonight, we have a very special guest. I've had my eye on this young lady for a minute. Her content has been uh, really dope and at the same time, soul filling. She has a loud, strong voice that cannot be silenced, and she's here to make sure that you live your life right. Please welcome Miss Diamond B. Frazier. How you doing tonight? What an introduction. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I'm just trying to get like you, young. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to you know, get out here and just do the best that I can to the best of my ability. You know what I mean? You got this. I appreciate that. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, definitely been excited to have you on. Um, do me a favor and tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Diamond B. Frazier. I have been doing interviews since mm, 2016, and then I branched off to just making solo videos. Even when I do interviews, I'm very much wanting to pick people's brains, see what their thought process is, and then that translated over to videos that I've made. I got my start as a intern at 93.9. But y'all, I don't even know if I'm going to tell the story. I don't I mean, know. We're in the safe place, you know what I mean? If you want to tell it, you can tell <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just say that um, normally in radio, at this point, things are transferring over to podcasts. So shout out to you for doing a podcast. But right. um, radio is really hard to get into because there are a lot of old heads that won't give up their seat. And mm-hmm. they do feel a bit intimidated by new talent. And so I had, before I had the Kickback DMV, I had started an idea of another show that I wanted to do. And I invited one of my friends on who was very known in the area. And I'm like, hey, I want to do an interview. This is my first interview. It's going to be filmed at 93.9. It has to be after hours, like between 11 p.m. and midnight while nobody's there. I have somebody to let us in. Like, this is going to be great. The day comes, the person that I was interning under decided to not answer my calls or texts. Mm -hmm. And then the next day says, Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. I was sick. I took medicine and I was just out of it. Now imagine if it wasn't my friend and it was someone else that I didn't have a personal relationship with. And that's the first impression that I have made on them Mm. that Mm. they're supposed to show up somewhere. And then I'm, just sitting there looking dumb sorry um the person might answer in the phone so after that I said you know what I'm gonna have to create something for myself and just not rely on people because I I can't have my fate in someone else's hands Mm. I see I see yeah um I remember coming across one of your videos I can't remember the exact topic but I remember you when I heard you I was like okay hold on she she might be on to something and with a story like that, I can understand the drive uh, to want to take the reins on your own ambition and your own journey. So that way you're not really held up by anyone else. So I can definitely understand that. I've had personal um, situations where I would, you know, try to set up a shoot, you know, hoping that somebody can connect me with someone, different things of that nature. And those things did not happen. So I would have to just go above their head or I reach out to that person. So whenever I do want to venture off and do something like this podcast or a photo shoot and I want to reach out to a particular person, I normally don't wait for the middleman. Mm-hmm. And I just go for it myself. If you say yes, cool. If you say no, cool. But at the same time, I know that I didn't have to wait on anyone else and the only person holding myself up is me. Exactly. It would be nice to collaborate and you know have people work together, but now we're in such a a world where everyone has an individualistic mindset. So it's mm. kind of hard to progress as people when everybody's with the every man for themselves mentality. Nah, for sure. I think that it can definitely be, have a creative uh, stronghold uh, on the ideas that you have when you do want to depend on a lot of people. Not saying that there aren't teams out there who are really making it happen because I'll be, it's fair to say that I've had some really great people behind me that will definitely make sure, hey, you got something going on? All right, cool. And then I do the same thing for them. So we just build that social equity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
But um, at the same time, if you want it, you got to go for it. So I kind of see it both ways for sure, because I've had hands in both pots. Definitely. I agree. Now, with that, you definitely had moments in your, I want to say, want to say in your career where you definitely um, inspired a lot of people to spark up but prior to that have you always felt like you've had that voice or did you have to kind of develop and get to the place that you are now Mm, well I'll say this I'm not really far in my career if I'm being 100% honest I feel like I've been repeating the same year over and over and over again with not much progression Mm. and I don't know I mean, I guess I'm the only person to blame, but I feel like there's limitations in this area. But to answer your direct question, when I was in elementary school, I did the school news and everybody loved it. I was very animated with it because, you know, I don't know, school news has always been boring. Um, So I always (laughs) would read the script and like put my spin on it. And then I traveled on to high school. And then um, I was like, you know what, I want to be a talk show host. But I studied people and they all started in radio. So that's where I got my start, um, but it did not translate over as of yet. Believe it or not, I am actually a very shy person, hmm. so I'm more of an introvert. I It's easy to be lively on camera because it's just you and the camera, and hmm. then when I have guests, you're there because of me. Like, I'm the one running things, so... I don't, so it's easier to exude, I guess, the extrovert energy. But mm-hmm. if I come into someone else's domain, I'm very stiff. So I, I don't know if that, that probably doesn't show online. No, it doesn't. But, <laughs> I never got but that. Yeah, that's me. No, I can understand that because I've definitely had a, uh a lot of people tell me that I remember starting to start photo shoots and I'm like, all right, we're going to take photos, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'll see their Instagram and they're posing and doing their thing. But I've learned that when they feel like they're in control of that, they are a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this uh, comfortability that cannot be unmatched. So, so it's hard to translate that when you have somebody else giving you that particular attention or exactly. specific attention. But um, no, you definitely uh, wear the badge well, I will say, uh, especially agreeing to come on the show. I mean, you're already taking leaps and bounds uh, outside of your comfort zone to be the one in the spotlight tonight. And you just sound confident and ready to go for the night. So you do this. Well, thank you, because I don't get interviewed ever. Maybe I did once. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's got to change because you definitely have plenty to say. Uh, with that, going back, you said that you did like the school announcements. Uh, was that kind of like the catalyst for where you wanted to be today or were there other experiences that kind of drove you to get to where you are and when, um, let me ask, get to where you are and where you want to be? That definitely was it. I think the reactions, like I enjoyed bringing a text to life. But seeing the reactions and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you're so funny. I enjoy that. I feel like I'm not as funny now as I got older. I became a lot more serious. I got to tap into that because anyway. But (laughs) but yeah, definitely was school that sparked that. And then after the fact, I was like, I want to continue this on. And it's interesting when I started doing interviews, I didn't know of a local creative scene. I I had no idea that that even existed. So when I first had guests on the show, I never asked them to be on the show per se. I had a team at the time and they would tell me, oh, you should interview this person. You should interview this person. And I promise you, every person I interviewed in the beginning, I've never heard of them. I've never seen them. I didn't even know that there were local photographers or videographers or dancers or singers or rappers or actors or anything. Um, Hmm. Yeah, it was like, I don't know. I think um, I didn't have social media until my second semester of college. So a lot of things that people were already on to, I was just starting out. And I it was definitely a shock. I thought in order for you to be a rapper, 
you had to be on TV, like on BET or MTV. Mm-hmm. Same with the actor, singer. I thought, oh, okay, like you have to be in a movie and a photographer. Like no one ever sees the photographer. You just see their work in the magazine. So to actually know that there's um, local creatives is very interesting. Yeah, there are definitely plenty, especially here in Atlanta. Um, I started in Columbus, Georgia. I was staying with my grandparents, and I remember um, wanting to do photography and get into photography forever. And I just didn't have the drive at the time and the mindset to really take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And once I had some coming to Jesus moments and whatnot, I decided to really start honing in on saving money to get my camera and different things of that nature. Once I did that, uh, it was definitely an interesting transition. I ended up meeting someone I worked with. uh, Remember, his name was Yari. Yeah, shout out to Yari. And he was like, man, you should go to this location here and talk to Samika. She was a local photographer down at it. Uh, down there and she wasn't she wasn't in the office the first time I went and I remember having my camera for maybe two weeks by the time I actually met her and she became like a small mentor for me and uh, with that I met a guy named Nick and I shot him one day I was like hey Nick can we go out and shoot and he was like yeah man he had this real deep voice yeah man yeah we could definitely go out and shoot man it's all good (laughs) I was like bet so we went out and shot fun day really cool and I'm talking about this dude was so cool. I'm sitting there running across the street, ready to get to the next location. He's just strutting, just just chilling, walking. I was like, this dude, Steve's is amazing. I need this one day, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And after shooting him, I posted the photos on Facebook. I didn't realize how much pull he had in the creative community in Columbus. And I just started getting friend requests after friend requests after friend requests and then getting messages after message. My Facebook was extremely dry. Wow. Until and then from there, that's when I started getting into that local Columbus scene and I started to get to know people. I started to learn how to network more and get in touch with creatives and have conversations and learn how to have specific conversations with them, uh, pretty much to lead up to what we're doing now. Uh, before I even knew I wanted to even do a podcast or anything of that nature with uh, other creatives in uh, this space. And it was just amazing to see that transition. And as I continue to shoot, I've, I've been shooting for, what, 11 years now? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's definitely taught me a lot of things about myself, especially to get to this point, to be able to reach out to someone I do not know and mm-hmm. be like, hey, I want to interview you. You down? And having that confidence where if you say yes, cool, if you say no, cool. But we definitely uh, we definitely uh, see the growth. I guess I say that to say that we definitely see the growth from early experiences onto now what we're doing and what we plan to do in the future. Okay. Yeah, shout out to you. I definitely have to pick back up on that confidence to Mm. reach out to people. And I don't go places, and I have to realize you kind of have to get out there. I mean, I appreciate social media in regards to connecting to people, but it Mm. is different having those face-to-face interactions and building relationships. I think I did more so like maybe five years ago. But at this point, I haven't even attempted to build any form of relationship or maintain them. Oh, well, it's all good. Well, it's starting now. <laughs> you know what I mean? You and me, we're cool. We cool. Cool. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let me go back a little bit because I know with the voice that you have and the, the messages that you want to bring out on like your social media, on like Instagram and on YouTube, you definitely have something to say. Uh, What kind of drives you to want to speak your mind and present these messages unto the masses? The better I become, the more I want to share that with other people to help them enhance their lives. Mm. So when I learn something new or I have a self-discovery or I've achieved growing out of a certain behavior or unlearning a certain mindset, I get so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to tell someone how to do this, like, or talk about this topic. And that's really where it comes from is um, self-reflection in my personal journey makes me want to share certain things that I would like to see people more happy and fulfilled or trying different ways to get the results that they want. 
Oh, well, that's awesome. Okay. That, that filled me in the spirit there. That's dope. Because there are a lot of people who feel like they have like the crab in the barrel mentality. So if they find out something new, they feel like they got to keep that to themselves. Well, what's good is it if you don't share it with others and teach them? Right, exactly. So with that in mind, you also hit some really hard topics uh, as far as, you know, spirituality, sexuality, uh, just attitudes in general out in these streets that can be very controversial to most. Um, how do you deal with some of the backlash that you make it? Oh, I definitely got backlash, uh, probably mostly on the sexuality aspect. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have strayed away from God. And so if I speak on spirituality, it doesn't phase them at all because mm-hmm. they're I don't want to say atheist, but at this point, the more people are into, I feel like everything has to be done with balance, but the more people are into chakras and witchcraft and manifestation, um, all these things are mm, to be done within moderation. Um, I do believe that the origin of them come from a great place. If you actually dive deep into history, but I also feel like people are taking the God aspect out of it and putting their energy into things. So with that being said, um, if I speak on spirituality, I don't think people are really phased much, but they question themselves like, oh my gosh, every time I'm posting on Instagram or Twitter about these God quotes, am I actually living my life that way? Like, do I actually devote time to god every single day and i just say god even though that's a title because i'm not sure you know what people's religion are because you refer to god by different names depending on your religion but sure sure um in regard to sexuality i have made a video saying that i do not believe you are born gay Mm -hmm. i feel like it is influenced and i um and i named a a many different reasons how it can be influenced um i mean one can argue with me that being heterosexual is influenced but um so i had this friend from element not elementary school middle school and we actually went out to eat i paid for his dinner he's a drag a drag queen Mm -hmm. and everything was cool he was telling me about when he came out and how his parents took it and how He's a part of a new community, blah, blah, blah. So everything was cool. You know, we went our separate ways. He said, hey, I think you should come out to one of my shows and support me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I made the video, um, given my reasoning why I feel like you're not born gay. But the video was less about sexuality, but it triggered people. But more so about parents need to be very mindful of the things that their children watch, the people they hang around, the places that they go, because there are times that somebody can be, you know, young and you might get molested by the same sex or even the opposite sex. And it, it exposed you to something young and you might get confused before you're fully developed in that mindset. And so it was just more so um, in parents just being, just attentive and then if your child ends up actually being that way like let's say you have a mom and a dad who did not plan on having a gay son and so you don't even know what to do like how do I what do I talk to you about now do I tell you how to get a boyfriend and I was explaining in the video that if your child does end up that way then you should not neglect them you have to learn, you have to continue to parent them. You can't just be like, oh, well, I've never heard of this lifestyle. I'm not familiar with it. And then let other people raise them or give them ideas or influence it. Like you still have to continue to parent through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so to go back to my friend, he messaged me saying that I feel like you're a homophobic and your comments were hurtful and you made it seem like that homosexuals are predators and so I'm going to send you some articles that can educate you on this lifestyle and where it comes from Mm -hmm. and so I said interesting define homophobia 
to to be phobic or phobia is to be afraid of something so explain to me where I've made you feel like I'm afraid of homosexuals and then he's like well there's a spectrum there you can be like super homophobic or like not that homophobic I said okay where Um, do I fall on the spectrum yeah yeah that's new to me well you're not that homophobic because you were able to hang out with me, but it still bothers you. I said, it bothers me? What, what, where in my video did I say anything about shame on you? How dare you? I can't believe. I didn't say that at all. That's not even the angle I was coming from, especially knowing I have a younger brother who, you know, was exposed to a certain thing like young and that influenced his way of life. Mm-hmm. I would never say anything that would disrespect him or make him feel uncomfortable. He actually saw the video himself and enjoyed it. Right. Um, but anyway, so I said, you know what? You actually have a podcast. I do interviews. Instead of, if you feel like I'm very uneducated and I'm putting this false narrative out to my small following or subscribers, how about we come together and actually do a show together and you can tell me your point of view, I'll tell you mine, and you can tell me facts or whatever, and we can educate people together. Oh, it's not my job to educate people. Ah, okay. Right, so my thing is, I, as I've gotten older, I've tried to move more so on logic and facts versus leading with emotion. Mm. So if logically something that I said was off and it can be backed up factually with data evidence, then how about we have this conversation? You want to send me a bunch of articles, then let's talk about it. But emotionally, I, you know, I don't live that lifestyle, but I feel like anytime somebody mentions it, it's kind of like with black people, like you mention something with black people and we might be hypersensitive if a non-black person says something about black people. So me as a non-homosexual, I feel like anything that I say that isn't super in favor, meaning it's not completely obvious that I'm praising that lifestyle, it's triggering. And instead of listening to it in its entirety, it's listened to from an emotional ear. And I feel like that's kind of what upsets people. So he blocked me. Um, It was a a few women that blocked me. It was a couple of people on YouTube that were like, I don't even know how I found this video, but this is a false narrative. And to be honest, um, I don't think all of I'll say in my humble opinion, 95% of people that choose that lifestyle, something has happened to them or influenced that young. Mm -hmm. Um, from family members and coworkers, when I was like, I asked them, I'm like, hey, I know it seems kind of invasive. You don't have to answer if you don't want to, but what, like, how did you know that you were or what kind of exposed you to this lifestyle? And it's always that something happened to them. Mm-hmm. And maybe like me bringing that up might make them feel like they ha- they don't want to confront what might've actually happened or the truth. So it's easier to just say I was born this way. Wow. Dang, the backlash from that was, whew. but you know what, though? I will say uh, I definitely respect uh, the fact that you will come forward and just tell it like it is from your perspective, regardless of the uh, outcome. You know, a lot of people have uh, these methods of trying to be as safe as possible and please everyone. But learn, especially being in the creative space, you learn that you cannot please everyone. As much as you want to, you cannot. And in order for you to try to please people, you have to censor yourself and give uh, give up a part of yourself that isn't really uh, for sale or really isn't available uh, to let go. So I definitely commend you for being able to speak your mind on this particular topic or any topic of that matter that you really feel strongly about. I did watch that video and um I definitely didn't get the gist of like homophobia or anything like that or any kind of hate speech. But like you said, sometimes those reactions can be driven off of emotion based on possible uh, the possibility of something may happen or maybe is going off of just feeling itself versus logic, like you said. So uh, the outcome is the outcome. 
Right. And I feel like if you genuinely felt like I was miseducated or I'm putting out a false narrative and you live a particular lifestyle and you're well educated on it and you have a podcast and a following and you feel like I'm being detrimental to society, then why not be open to having the conversation? Sure. And that the response to it or the lack of interest in having the conversation was very telling to me mm-hmm. that maybe there is validity in what I say. And if it came down to us being on a podcast or, you know, doing a YouTube show together, then you would be challenged or forced to admit things. Mm, okay. Because what would you be hiding from? Why not just do it? If, if it, if it's really important to you that people are educated, then why would you shut down the opportunity? Right. No, I get that entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's backtrack just for a second. Sure. Because you mentioned uh, one of the shows I actually wanted to talk about with you. Uh, Kickback DMV. Mm-hmm. Now, I lived in Virginia for like a hot second literally just a hot second but i got a chance to really go to dc for a little bit i got a chance to experience virginia as much as possible but i don't have the flavor like y'all do you know what (laughs) i mean so educate me on the movement of kickback dmv like you know from the origins to where it is now oh well i'll say i am from maryland the m of the dmv Mm. however i'm not the most dmv person so if you once you expand and you maybe interview someone else out here, I think it'll be a bit of a different energy, meaning there's things that are popular here, like mumbo sauce, you know, the wings and fries at the carry out. There's a lot of slang here, um, you know, the way you dress, the way you move. I don't participate in any of that. It has nothing to do with um, anything other than it doesn't come natural for me. I don't really use many colloquialisms for any other reason other than I like to speak clearly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I don't dress like other people. Um, I don't spend a lot of money on clothes. I feel like you can just get something from the thrift store or Walmart. Like you're just putting it on. So, um, mm-hmm. so in that aspect, uh, yeah, I, I'm live in the DMV, but I don't embody it. I don't even know if I, I don't even think I sound like I'm from the DMV. Uh, But I don't know what the DMV sounds like, honestly. Um, But the idea of the kickback was more so when people come on the show, I want you to feel comfortable. I don't want you to feel stiff. I don't want you to feel like I'm interrogating you. I just want it to be a chill, laxed mood and we're just chatting it up like yeah i'm asking you questions but this is about you like you know what you feel how you see life and then i just added the dmv on it because i think that it was already a show called the kickback so i just made it specific to the area okay all right well that ain't bad that ain't bad sometimes that does happen it's like why'd you get my name before i can use it but you know what i got (laughs) for it so that's where that creativity comes in so you know what I'm saying? Shout out to you for being able to find a loophole through that so that way you can still get the message across. Thank so, you. now I did see a video earlier uh, that you said you started out with like a whole team and then it just ended up being you. Yes. That is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it was about whew, I think it was 10 to 15 of us and I had the idea of the kickback and I was working with a designer, a videographer, photographer, a publicist, a few assistants, graphic designer. Um, and I had made everybody's shirts. I'm like, you know, when we go out, we're a team. And I had made packages so that when, if I get booked for a service or someone wants to come do an interview, then they can get other things along with it or get discounts on, you know, this, this, and this. And so it was a really great idea. Everybody was so super excited. And then what was told to me years later is we saw how passionate you were and we saw things starting to happen for you. And we just wanted that for ourselves. So instead of putting energy and time into someone else's dream, 
it's like, dang, I see her drive. I can do this on my own. But um, truth be told, I don't even think they're doing any of the things they were doing back then. So back to the individualistic mindset that probably as a collective, we could have all been bigger, not necessarily notoriety, but probably like a lucrative income in solidifying something in the area. But in the DMV area, there is not much, um, there's not much here. There's a lot of talent here, but there's no organization. No one's really working together. Like there's not many um, like photography studio. Well, they have them in Baltimore, but like I said, everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And I feel like where you live in Georgia, I don't know if it's the Southern hospitality, but it appears as if everybody's like working together and networking and seeing how they can be of assistance. And that's just not what it is here. Mm, yeah, I see. Cause there is, I, I can't speak on the collective aspect of the DMV, but I can say in Atlanta, depending on which circles you really run in, you can definitely set up a circle of artists that you can rock with uh, mm-hmm. depending on what your visions are. I was a part of a, well, I guess uh, there was a photographer I met. She wanted to start a collective, but her intentions were to start a collective kind of like how you guys were doing, mm-hmm. but um, not everyone is on the same page of that. And the way it was presented to us, wasn't as if, Hey, uh, we're all going to get together and we're all going to start doing all these things together. She wanted to kind of, you know, handpick photographers to get into this collective. And as she started expressing things, it started go- becoming like a one-way thing. Mm. And we were like, um, I don't know if we want to do that. Like that wasn't really a conversation we had. We thought we were just coming together as a group of photographers, kind of like shooting the shit for a bit. Right. And having a good time. But she wanted something bigger. Uh and personally I didn't really want that. At the time I was like, you know, I'm doing stuff on my own and I'm not I, I didn't really sign up for that. I'm just trying I'm trying to do my best to reach out to different artists within the city and just build rapport. Mm-hmm. So then that kind of fell through and then she ended up like moving and doing her own thing and everybody else has been doing their own thing as a collective and everybody's been pretty, pretty well off as far as like connections and work and different things like that. But um, so I kind of feel for that story, but I guess yours is a bit different because they told you straight up, hey, you wanted this collective, but we wanted it for ourselves, man. So, and I mean, as, as dope as the truth is, it, 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 I can understand how that can be a bit of a detriment for something that you really, really had your heart set on. Right. And I, I just was looking at it from a standpoint of, wow, this could finally be something that's solid in the area. Like there's literally nothing that has held together. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I appreciate the truth. I mean, it took a few years because I, I I didn't know what happened. It was just, oh, I'm busy. I can't do this. Or, you know, it was just hard to get in touch with people. And then it turned from that to no conversation at all mm-hmm. to once I, you know, I stopped doing interviews for a while. And then when I came back and did it, then they circled back around. Oh, this is why I left. And. Like, okay. Nah, I get Glad that. you got that off your chest. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, you didn't give up. That's the most important thing. Because it's still your dream, still the things, uh, this big uh, vision that you do have that you see for yourself. So that's the most important thing out of all of it. With every challenge, there's a triumph, I like to say. Right, exactly. Now, going into another direction, you also had a segment on uh, your YouTube page called Better Than Yesterday. Yes. Yeah, go ahead and explain that uh, segment to me as well. So that goes back to what I was saying earlier in regard to the more I learn about myself, those aha moments, the more I want to express them. So the idea better than yesterday is just every day improving. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like you should be a little bit better than yesterday. One thing that I really enjoy is learning something every day, even if it's the most minuscule thing. I love to learn. And as long as I learn one thing that day, I am better than yesterday. But the series, which I'm inconsistent on, but the series is typically to, again, like speak on 
ways to handle things or dip a different perspective or a new level of understanding. I think my goal has kind of shifted a bit to some extent. I really would like to see more union in our community and not the the inconsistent situational unity online. Okay. But actually in real life with people offline, like your family, your real friends, you know, relationships. I want to see more people married and happy, but it seems like once again, individualistic mindset, we're shifting away from that. Right. Uh, I know what you mean. I know a big part of my mindset, uh, and it, it was a little hard to shake was, you know, I, I always had a feeling that people didn't care as much as I did mm-hmm. when it came to anything, especially like craft, uh, like creatives and crafts and stuff like that, when it came down to uh, my personal perspective. But I've learned that it's a certain group of people who fit that criteria. It's mm-hmm. very, very easy to fall into the trap to generalize and think because you see it so much that everybody's doing it or not mm-hmm. doing it, depending on what you're talking about. But I always have to remind myself, and I guess that's me seeing the glass half full that we do have those people who have those unions we may not see it but we believe it so someone else has to believe in it someone else has to practice it and somebody else has to teach it you know what i mean so i have faith that that is happening out there unfortunately that's not the most interesting thing on the mass stage and it would be nice to be able to have um, a platform that can shift mindsets to let people know, especially black people, our people, that, you know, it's, it's not always negative with us. It's not always some sort of stereotype. It's not always some sort of struggle. We can have those good moments of unity. We can have those good moments of teaching. And we can always encourage each other to continue to teach and build as a collective. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I do feel like things are happening offline. However, I do know that people are heavily influenced sure. um, online. And so I would like to see better things to be influenced by. Not that they don't exist, but mm-hmm. it would be nice to have it out shine, you know, the things that they shouldn't be consuming. Sure. And with with the road that you're on right now, especially, you know, we all have our challenges and triumphs. And I know with the road that you're on right now, you do have an opportunity, a golden opportunity to shift that narrative, uh, especially since you really want it. And because you want it so bad, it's going to connect with more people than you know. I definitely see that for you. Nice. And nice. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, because, uh, again, when... I saw your very first video and I commented on it. You know, I don't, I'm not trying to say I'm like this big time, whatever, but having people on the show, working with certain people, I used to always say, it's like, I'm only working with good vibes now. I'm only working with people that I see potential or I see good things from. So mm-hmm. you can be super popular, super out there, but if you have a shitty personality, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care. Amen to that. You know what oh, I mean? Oh man. Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. And yes. So I, I definitely see good things for you because you speak on positive things and it sounds like you want positive things for yourself as well. And you're only a reflection of what you represent. So if you show yourself that type of love and that type of support and the type of patience and really taking in those hard lessons, you'll be able to testify, if you will, to the masses. And you'll definitely have that group that's going to see that vision and, going, and you're going to influence those people to make those type of changes. So I see that for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's no problem at all. Now, let's go back to the setup of your shows because I watched one particular episode you were speaking to. I forget what their names were, but they were a married couple. Oh, Blackstone. Blackstone. Yes, yes, yes. That was a really dope episode. And you asked some pretty interesting questions. Uh, Were you the one to create those particular questions? And if so, how did you form that particular content and uh let me ask you how did you take what what steps did you take to form those particular questions for that content uh so yes i do 
film, edit, come up with the questions, the structure, all that. Um, I would like to have help, but yes, I do to my own. Mm-hmm. The way it's based on the guest. So I wouldn't ask a single person like married questions. So I know that they're a union. I know that they're um, like singers slash maybe a little bit of rap slash doing music, creatives. Um, and so I pose questions that I felt like they will be able to answer or is more specific to them. Okay. Uh, are you normally nervous when you're asking those particular questions or a specific question that you know is going to be a hot topic for your guest? No. Well, before, before the guests come on the show, I always ask, this is what the determining factor as to whether I'll interview you or not is if you are okay with not knowing the questions ahead of time. Mm. And if you're allowing me free range, because I'm not in the business of exposing people or talking about your personal life or, you know, internet beefs or anything like that. But if I do ask you, I just want you people to come on to be open because I feel like if I give you the questions ahead of time, then you'll, come up with your cookie cutter answer and then it's less authenticity. Like mm-hmm. I want to see those moments of you actually reflecting and thinking on the answer. That's not bad. Uh, yeah. With, with that authenticity, uh, when you speak on that, yeah. Uh, as a viewer, I will feel more connected to who you're speaking to uh, when you had uh, hit them with the questions. They, they, they do that move, you know, when you look up and be like, Hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 I get that. I get that a great deal. Uh, I also liked how you formatted that because uh, one thing I know is that you sat in the middle. Oh. So you made it very, very close. So I like that. I paid attention to that. Uh, you also had the graphics, the way you used it and the way you kind of slid in. I'm, I'm so appreciative that you're on the show or uh, so-and-so said this. Uh, they're really feeling it right now. Like you, you keep us engaged in a way that's very, very interesting, but at the same time, very simplistic. Wow. I appreciate that a lot. I don't really hear verbal feedback and online feedback is kind of minor. So to actually hear that, it really means a lot. So I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, That's just the little things that I noticed, you know what I mean? So I was like, that's a very creative way to keep us engaged uh, because you'll have the question pop up and then from there you'll come off. And then when they say something and you think that was kind of hard hitting or interesting, you will definitely reiterate it on the screen. So that was one of the things I really noticed and I appreciate it out of that video. And I was like, oh man, her doing this and then going back to your other segments and then you're just, just speaking your mind, even in your shorts. It's like, man... I saw the sun today and it was bright. Let me tell you how bright it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something as simple as that is dope because I'm like, okay, especially if you already have people who are engaged in your corner, they're going to want to listen to what you have to say. And mm-hmm. it, it gives us a chance to see you. And a lot of people don't like to do that uh, where, you know, they'll say that they're open and they're real, but you're really out here. You're really like, you know what, this, like you said earlier, you want people to learn as you learn. And a lot of people don't feel that way. A lot of people don't want to express that or they're scared to express that. I've been in those positions where I'll see something on Instagram and I'm like, this is really inspirational to me. But if I post this, will this, you know, I'm going to post it anyway. First of all, it's my page too. This could help somebody. Exactly. Exactly. So, but you take the, you take that time to set up your camera to make sure your lighting is cool and to make sure your sound is great. And then from there, you're like, what's up, y'all? My day was dope. I want your day to be dope. This is why my day is dope. Hopefully you can take this information. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll get you. i get you. Uh, I can tell. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let me ask this, though, because yes. you, when it comes to being in the creative space, there are a lot of people who have there are things they like to do to kind of keep them in that mode. Like for me, I like to whenever I get a chance, just take my camera out and just be in the street and just shoot. You know what I mean? There are some people who like to write. There are some people who like to read. When you are winding down or when you're in that creative mindset, what do you like to do most to keep those juices flowing? Read. Read, read, and read again. Mm -hmm. 
because I feel like I I feel like when I watch something I can get stuck in that box because I feel like a lot of people watch things more than they read okay and so if I read then I'm expanding my mindset more and plus maybe if I were more active like I went outside often how inspiration would come from there mm-hmm. but so that's my choice of book okay i got you well we're gonna step outside a little bit okay all right we're gonna step outside a little bit get the elements and that way you're like you know what the wind blew on my hair i got an idea mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so 2022 is a year to read your book outside somewhere when it when it warms, <laughs> when it warms up, up. Yeah. <laughs> definitely warms up mm-hmm. all right so um, last piece I wanted to talk about is the YouTube journey. So a lot of people, even myself, I thought about starting a YouTube and I just know that's like a whole different beast entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to your YouTube, what kind of challenges have you faced and how have you overcome some of those challenges to really get your YouTube, first of all, off the ground and um, getting it into other people's computer screens, phones, different things of that nature. How how has that journey been for you? Ooh, um, the journey is is tough. I'll say that, especially when you have. At first, when I was doing interviews and I had them on YouTube, I had no goal at all. I never told people, like, I never dropped the links or was like, hey, go watch this, go watch this. I just was fully in the moment, loving what I was doing. And on earlier times, um, the views were pretty high, but that's because I was getting guests that came through from a marketing company in the area. And so they market the interviews for the guest because that was part of their package. It's not something I had to do. And then in recent time, as of last year, I'm like, oh, my gosh, people actually get paid off of YouTube. Diamond, what are you doing? And then once I got in that mindset, I got more frustrated. Instead of just freely creating, it became how can I monetize? How can I monetize? Um, You know, YouTube has its favorites. You know, they have their particular creators that they like. But I do know that the longer the video, the better. And the longer people watch, the better. And then you'll get moved up on the recommendation line. Um, but I've been pretty pretty inconsistent with it. But maybe because my drive fluctuates. And it's more so I get so annoyed with social media and all that it brings. And I'm like, oh, y'all can have this. I'll just delete all this, just live my regular life and you know, whatever. And then it's like, but no, forget the people. Like, I really love what I do. So I have these up and down times and definitely translate online because I'll post consistently every day and then I'll disappear. Then I'll do twice a month. But definitely if you want to move forward in YouTube or anything that you do, consistency is key. Indeed, indeed. Uh, dropping gems on us when it comes to consistency. That's very true. Uh, mm-hmm. I've definitely been on a journey recently of changing my entire self. So that means spiritually, financially, physically, um, and every which way I can change in a positive way I can. So with that, I've learned that you have to have a, a specific perspective and a specific purpose and understand both. Mm-hmm. How you view the world uh, based on how you view yourself and what you really want out of this journey that you're on right now. Cause it's never too late until you're dead. Right. So I definitely put my focus into myself. Uh, my relationship, definitely important. My family, definitely important, but I'm not good for them. If I'm not good to myself, if I feel bad about myself, that's going to translate into my relationships and my day to day. So you got to continue to focus on building yourself up and what you really want for yourself. And I think that translates well and pushes you forward in a natural way versus always trying to force it with willpower alone. Uh, I'm reading some material now that basically puts two and two together as far as your mindset and also your environment. And they say they go hand in hand versus them being mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. 
So if you change your environment in the way that you need to change it and challenge yourselves in a way where the stakes are a lot higher for you, then you'll be able to change yourself in that process. So if you stay in the dirty spot, you're going to be dirty. You start cleaning up, you challenge yourself to keep it clean, you're going to be clean. You know, just to simply put it. That's a fact. Yeah. Look at you dropping gems. Look at me over here receiving it. Okay. No, you know, we got to do our thing. Plus, it's my show. I got to. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, no, we just got to stick in it together as creatives, Young. And I think it's very, very important as creatives to make sure that we have something to hold on to. And I think it just starts with ourselves. Because without that, and we constantly worry about monetization of our craft and worrying about what other people think about our craft, we start to lose the the essence of what we started in the first place and why we love what we do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I just think it's very important to continue to always remember to keep perspective to self. And I'm not saying just you, like you have all the power, like if you believe in God or you believe whatever you believe in, always have that perspective and Mm -hmm. uh, allow that to provide, to power your purpose. If that makes sense. And then from there, when you'll have those hard times, you'll always have that foundation to build back up on. And it doesn't, and you know, depending on your situation, it really won't take you on because you always have something that you're holding on to. It's like, you know what, this happened to me before or something bad happened to me before, but my perspective is different than what it was back then. I'm more grounded than I was back then. So I'll be able to move from this and I'll be able to challenge myself and change my environment. So that way those challenges aren't in vain. Amen. 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 Yeah. So that's the perspective that I'm on. And I mean, that's why this podcast exists, because I want people to be able to be inspired by the the guests I have on. You know, they'll come through, they'll hear the good times, they'll hear the bad times and the hardships because we all go through them. But at the same time, with you being on the show and you still having an interest and a hunger for what you do, it only can enlighten people to continue to do that and feel like they have someone to relate to. Yeah, I think that's a really great purpose and I look forward to being able to listen to the other guests on here as well. I'm excited to consume your content. I appreciate that. Well, I got a fan. That's awesome. (laughs) Definitely have a new fan. (laughs) Nah, for sure. Well, Diamond, I appreciate you so much for coming on and just telling us your truth tonight. It was definitely enlightening to hear your perspective and I pray that the listeners who get to consume this particular content will go back and consume yours and be able to be enlightened by your movement. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And thank you for inviting me on. Oh, for sure. For sure. And we'll definitely continue to speak again in the future as I continue to follow your work. Okay. Sounds good to me. Awesome. Well, y'all heard it. Y'all heard it here. I don't know if you heard it first, but you heard it first from me and her. So uh, (laughs) you guys have a good night and continue to stay creative. Peace. Peace.